Welcome aboard the USS Boda. This is your captain, not Patrick Stewart speaking. You're listening to Dork Trek. Dorktrek.com. Engage, Mr. Manny. Yeah, it can't be a thing. I can't okay. say, oh, all right, yeah, I know we're going to have breakfast, but let me just go ahead and knock this out. Well, no. it's also three hours long, so it's hard to just knock out. But that's the thing is I, I get up. Every, it's usually easier, obviously, on the weekend. Mm-hmm. But even on work days, I've done this successfully where I just wake up at 5, 5.30, whatever, go downstairs, plop in you know the Blu-ray now or the DVD and just watch my show. It's a magnificent film. And I failed to accomplish that this year. Uh-oh, so it's been a bad year? And, well, we've got David Bowie dead. We've got uh, <laughs> that's not the mag- that's not that's not the Magnificent Seven's fault. No, it's it was my inability. It's the, my, the curse, though. No, that's a bad year. No, I think it's you know that's that's just disease and time just ravaging things that we love and care about. I I'm I have to disagree. I think it's uh, anytime I don't get to watch that movie, it is a shit year for me. I don't know. I'm sorry, man. Hopefully next year will be better. Yeah, I was doing that for a while with the extended editions of Lord of the Rings on Thanksgiving, and it was a lot mm-hmm. easier. It was a lot easier when the kids were younger, but now it's very difficult to watch a four-hour movie. Yeah, <laughs> you know, when you're only awake ten hours of a day or something like that. So, Do you try to watch them like all in one day? No, no, no. I, it would be over a three-day span over the Thanksgiving okay. over the Thanksgiving weekend, but it's been too difficult. So I've just. Uh, last year, I amended it to Indiana Jones. So over the three days, I watched the three Indiana Jones movies. Um, Good deal. Well, it's the only three I have. I don't have the fourth one. Uh, so I just watched those three because they're two hours long, two hours and ten minutes long. That's not too bad, you know. Mm-hmm. We tried to do the entire Lord of the Rings trilogy in a day. Oh, my God. That's longer than a day, I think, isn't it? It is. It is. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. what? They're... I'd say it's, what, around 12, 13 hours? Something like that. Yeah. We started early. We started at, like, 9 o'clock in the morning or something. But, yeah. you know, between, you know, making food and other stuff that we just didn't finish it. Or no, we did, but Haley fell asleep. In the yeah. She tried killing herself, but you guys were able to. She tried to escape, but we had all the doors locked. <laughs> so. strapped down in the chair with her eyes pried open. Putting eye drops in. Watch it! <laughs> Just let me die! <laughs> now she's triggered. Yes. She sees a short person. I, mean, I think that happens to everybody, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they act like they're real people, but they're just, you know, anyway. Um, so, yeah, dudes, um, we are talking about uh, the 50th anniversary of Star Trek. Yay! Uh, yeah, I, I looked at the calendar and saw that... that it syncs up magically! Mm-hmm. We're in between seasons of DS9, mm-hmm. and, and it's going to be a great second season. Yeah, I'm excited about it. And so but, we figured, why not talk about Star Trek? 50 years of Star I don't, Trek. I don't think we're going to see, like, 55. I don't think it's going to get that far. No. Um, I think I, I I was thinking about this today, and not to be doom and gloom, but I think this is an endangered franchise. And I know people have said that before about Star Trek, mm-hmm. but I don't. Unless this TV show is a smash, I don't see this thing lasting much longer. 
I well, definitely think it could be. I mean, Brian Fuller is freaking amazing. No, he's awesome, and I think he's the right man for the job, but I think the fan base has a tendency to cannibalize itself. And I, they have a really high burn rate, Yeah, I think, too, to some extent. Like, the idea of Paramount doing a fourth film with this cast is just stupid. Like, there's no need. It's over. Yeah. I hate to say it. I haven't even seen it, but, I mean, I don't even think they made their budget worldwide yet. I don't think so. Yeah, so, I mean, I think this version of the J.J. Abrams Trek uh, or Jar Jar Trek has been, like, to call – I think it's over. Yeah. I think if the TV show doesn't do gangbusters, I think that's it. I think you won't see any new material, at least on the screen. You'll get books, mm-hmm. and, but I don't think you'll get anything else. I think it's over. I think you'll get a if, – if it fails, I think you'll get maybe a 10-year gap, and then it comes back. You think so? Oh, yeah, because Hollywood can't think of anything original. Yeah, but the thing is, I think, like, at some point, doesn't the studios or whatever have to kind of just say it's just not worth it? Unless they come up with something better, I think what they do, it becomes worth it when I die. Once, Don't say that, Ben. You'll no, you're, once you're my generation... You're starts, like Spock, man. We're going to shoot your corpse to a new planet that's going to respawn this barren rock. Right, but when people... Eddie like, and I are going to find you. <laughs> yeah, but when people like me start dying off... The angry, um, the angry Star Trek fan? Yeah, that's when you when it becomes a new thing. It's like, oh, yeah, I remember Grandpa used to talk about this show when he was a kid. I'll remember how mean he was? He was a mean son of a bitch, Grandpa. <laughs> Every time somebody would say something about Mr. Abrams down the street, he'd get mad and start shaking his cane and hitting us. I don't know, man. Like Maybe because like, my daughter hasn't – my kids haven't really got into Star Wars yet. They're familiar with it because you can't because they're like – they're two franchise, they're two space franchises in completely different trajectories. Mm-hmm. Um, but my kids know the toys and stuff because they're around, but they watch the Star Trek show and they generally enjoy it. Like Sophie will come out with me and go, Hey, you watch the Star Trek. Can I watch? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Cause it's, it's safe. It's not yeah. too violent. It's not too mm-hmm. sexy. It's not too, you know, it's safe for my six year old kid to watch. So she's into it. But I mean, like, I just don't, I think the, the fan base is cannibalizing itself to some extent. And like, they're so fixated on, this the old original source material that they're not really allowing new things to be created right. like there's like a there's a backlash you know and like it's like back- it's the holy book of star trek and yeah. you're not allowed to change that in any way shape or well form. yeah but what i'm saying is that when you know sophie is 20 25 and they come out with a new trek and then it's it's going to be her generation that remembers watching it with your generation and my, you know, people, they remember, oh, that was the show dad liked. That was, yeah. I watched that when I was a little kid. Let me check it out again. But I think that will give legs to the stuff they're doing now, like the stuff that's even viewed fondly because I mean, like, you know, if you think about 50 years of Trek, okay, like, and the funny part is when you see the 50 years of Trek stuff, it's mainly just the 50 years of the original series. Like they don't really, you know, it's not like it's the, it's not the anniversary of the franchise. I just think it's more the anniversary of the original series. If that makes yeah. sense. Like, I think that's the way it's been celebrated. Like you've seen like magazines and stuff and it's not like it's got like, you know, the entire span of the 50. It's just like, Hey, there's, you know, there, there's the, the, the Holy Trinity of the original series dudes, you know? Yeah. 
Well, see, I can remember though when it was the 20th anniversary of the beginning of Nexturation and the 25th anniversary of that. And so I think they have their own special place. Yeah, I think each, I mean, as a franchise though, the show is 50 years old. Yes. I know that they seem to be celebrating more of the original series and that definitely has a special place, but that torch has been carried on. You know, and I think, and I think rather well by the other shows, you know? Oh yeah. I and mean, the thing is, is like you're pointing out though, that, you know, in previous episodes in this one, Star Trek fans can be angry, hateful people because I remember we hated the idea of TNG because it <laughs> we hated DS9 and then we hated Voyager and we still hated Voyager and then we hated well, Enterprise. Humanity and, like hates anything different basically until you get used to it and you're like, that's, right, that was but all right. see, and then the you get the next though, thing that comes along. TNG, though, <laughs> <the advantage of laughs> Jenny, that was very well said. That was that should be like a bumper sticker. Like you hate everything, and then you're then it's all right. Then you hate the next thing. <laughs> and, that, and then that statement in itself like capsulizes the internet. Like that, <laughs> hate everything, and then like something comes along, and we go, I guess it's not that bad. Like every time they change Facebook, like they change the color you know, two pixels or something. And then it's like, oh, I fucking hate it. This is disgusting. But, okay. Here's what <laughs> I'm trying to make the point of is that the reason Jar Jar Trek will fail where discovery has a chance of being successful is it's going to be a series because TNG. Yeah, we hated it, but then we got to know it because yeah. there were 20 something episodes. That's the, that's the one weird thing about Star Trek is that it works better as a series. Like as soon as the new Jar Jar movie came out, people were like, wow, that's awesome. We need a TV show, like a new series. We yeah. need weekly Trek. And it's like, it's weird that that's the way that Trek functions. Like the, I think the idea of Trek being a film series is it's over. Like it's, it is, you know, cause I mean, like I heard the last movie, Ben had his problems with it, but I mean, Jetty liked it. And I've heard lots of people say like, it was really good. I haven't seen it. Cause I don't do stuff like that. Like go to movies and stuff. Um, but uh, it's just, I think the idea of it being like a film franchise is over unless this new show is that much of a hit. And they go, Hey, let's make a movie. And that's the worst thing they could do. I, I really wish there had been a, longer time between the last episode of TNG and the first TNG movie. Yeah, yeah, it was too soon. It was too soon. Because when I look back now and I watch the movies, and I think I said that when we watched them on Dork Trek, for me, they were just like special episodes of yeah. TNG mm-hmm. with bad lighting. And bigger budgets. And bigger the, light, budgets. the lighting wasn't that bad. I think the no, lighting was the first bad. one. The lighting was bad in the first film. It was a lot of shadows. And that was, I think, to one, to make it more dramatic, and two, to hide the fact that it that was, was just a TV set. Yeah. <laughs> like, there weren't, like, yeah, it was like the, the fucking stucco was still drying and shit like that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think Star Trek is a thing that if it's going to stick around, it's going to be a series. It's going to be episodic. Yeah. And, there's and I'm no, happy with that. Me, too. I mean, there's, I mean, I think the culture I think is more accepting of television because I mean, you know, if you look at not so much network TV, but like Amazon and Netflix and, and all the, like the paywalls, if you will, you know, mm-hmm. see, I don't know. One, I don't think CBS understands this market 
because I saw the interview where the guy was saying that, oh, well, now the, the CBS executives are saying, well, we got it down to 12 minutes of commercials per episode, which is the minimum you can do for a, a show. Yeah, they don't get it. Yeah, they clearly like, yeah. Have you seen House of Cards? Yeah, just All like commercials? The, no. The people that run CBS or any real network haven't sat down and binge watched a, uh, um, a Netflix show because the beauty of it is, I mean, it's over in 50 minutes. Like you just sit down and you go, Holy fuck. That was amazing. Like stranger things is what we're going to talk about later. Cause this is a 50th anniversary episode. And we're going to talk about stranger things just cause I've been watching it and I want to talk just because we can just cause I want to talk about it because it's such an amazing program and I didn't even finish it. Like we still have the last episode. We couldn't get the kids to bed soon oh, enough. Shit. So we still got one left. Oh, no, I know I was so, my wife was mad at me cause my son took a nap this afternoon and she came out of his room. She's like, he's still awake. And she was mad at me. It's like, I didn't do anything. I didn't want him to sleep. I want to watch this TV show. Wake up kid. I know. You gotta go to sleep later. Wake up. Sheeple. <laughs> so, so yeah, so we didn't even get to watch the last episode, but I mean, like, I think now societies, or at least the viewing audience is totally amped on the idea of like, fuck yeah, just put it out on Netflix and people will binge watch it. And like, I remember when Stranger Things happened, I was on vacation and my Twitter feed was insane like every person was like just straight stranger things stranger things stranger things like what is this like i didn't even know what it was because yeah. i didn't have the access to the 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 technology and it was amazing like it went on for like two three weeks yeah mm-hmm. it was still going on i mean the, there's- yeah the phenomenon of it you know and it's like star trek could be that on cbs if done properly well, see that what it's pissing me off is that CBS is streaming it on their all CBS all access or whatever in the States, mm-hmm. only in the States. Overseas, yes. It's going to be on Netflix. Yeah. Which is dumb. And it's is like, it just a weird licensing thing. Probably. I, probably. I mean, most of it boils down to licensing, doesn't it? At the end of the day. Well, mm-hmm. Generally. Yeah. But they can, I guess they can figure, Oh yeah. You'll pay your $8 a month or whatever it's going to be. And watch commercials think about like this. Like, all the people in Britain who have to pay their fee for the, you know, BBC. Okay. And then we get all their shows for free on Netflix. It's kind of the same thing, but just, you know. Yeah, but we pay for Netflix. Yeah, but they're getting Netflix. They have to pay for Netflix overseas, too. Like, if they put Star Trek on Netflix overseas, they still have to pay for it to get yeah. that. And, but they but get it's not going. But it's weird because I feel like it's not going directly to CBS. I don't know. I'm waiting for CBS to pull all their programming from Netflix and all that shit and just oh, do yeah. it. I, I think uh, I'm waiting for all networks to start doing that. Like just to like say, okay, fuck you guys. Like we're just going to take our shit and you're going to have to have eight different streaming systems or whatever. And that's going to kill any kind of like cable TV dish, anything like yeah. that. So maybe they just probably yeah, it'll be for, you know, now here's the thing though, is that they break it down by network because we're worried that there's, 500 networks or 500 you know channels on tv but honestly how much of that shit is worth watching like seven of them you know well, yeah, like, how much of it is owned because nbc yeah is that's true it's universal. universal yeah that makes sense and then abc is disney yeah uh cbs is, is viacom viacom and paramount so i mean yeah it's all the same shit yeah, yeah, showtime is is nbc universal yeah so yeah, if if I'm paying for four different streaming services or five at the tops, it's still cheaper than cable. It's cheaper than cable, and if that's getting me all of the network programming on demand, like I, I mean, and I'll even do. Uh, I don't know if you watched uh, Hulu did the Stephen King book. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 62. 11, yeah. 112263, which was one of my favorite King books. But um, and I haven't finished watching that yet because reasons. <laughs> but um, it's good I, enough. But good I like how they, they did that, though, is that they put that out one a week. Yeah. So you had to wait. And I think some television deserves to be watched one a week. So I don't mind yeah. that with Discovery, that they're, they're only going to put it out once a week so you can't binge it until it's all out. Because that way it gives you that week to digest it. Yeah, but there's there's something, though, about just binge watching it. Like yesterday, for example, um, when I was watching Stranger Things with my wife, uh, they did the episode where uh, I guess it was six going into seven where the kids are walking home with 11 and the truck is outside and go, okay, we got visual. And they walk into the house and it ends and you're like, well, fuck, I got to watch the next one immediately. Yeah. I, I couldn't imagine having to wait a week right. for that. Like my, my head was going to explode with anticipation about what would happen. And I was like, I wonder if this is the one Ben was talking about when he mentioned it. Um, well, see, there was also the, we watched, and I think it was three going into four mm-hmm. that three was so scary, but, you know, stuff coming out of the walls and out of the ceiling that is like, Oh, we got to watch one more. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't going to sleep anyway at that point. <laughs> yeah. It's like, we have to, we have to keep watching until we get one less scary than the one prior to it to kind of <laughs> come down off of that. But like, just imagine, like, imagine a world, Ben. This is imagine a world where social media is in a tizzy, and your Twitter feed is in a tizzy, going completely bonkers, Stranger Things style over a new Star Trek show. Think about how crazy that is. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. Think about how crazy that would be. Like when Daredevil drops, and then like when when Luke Cage starts tomorrow. Like you know, you know everything what your timeline's going to be it's just going to be people ranting and raving about how great this is and like i think cbs is really going to blow it by not just dumping it all at one time and letting it letting it kind of fester i think you're going to see more programming i think the way people the way people are i think and i hate to say it it's like they lose interest quickly like you just said yourself like that 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 stephen king show on hulu was was one of the best shows you'd ever seen but you haven't just because you have it well you know, because if you have the opportunity to sit down and just watch something in you know nine hours you know watch it all over two days you can just knock it out well we rarely have that nine hours to just sit and like yeah. watch tv so you know so you, gotta, you gotta make it <laughs> <laughs> no but i i kind of get your point like um when preacher was out like just over the past summer um there's a lot of people who were like really falling off the show within yeah. the first Four episodes or something and I had read the comics and I knew like it was going to get freaking amazing later on and um, Ben was on board but I heard a lot of people saying that they were like you know they had to try to talk their friends into staying on and keep watching the show yeah. and they had to tell them like what was coming up like oh this is going to happen so stay on board and I have to explain this to you because people are getting impatient with the show I think it's it's the it's the idea of like oh man the new Daredevil season dropped 24 hours ago and I've seen it twice already and it's amazing you know like the idea of like that that slow burn I think it's a generational thing and I don't think I don't think they have it I, I think, think there's almost like a bragging rights thing too where like you gotta fit you gotta be the first yeah. one done you know yeah, like when you say that, you know, it's been out for 24 hours and you've already seen the whole thing twice. You know, I I know I've seen people that have actually said stuff like that. <laughs> you know? What are you bragging about? Like, that's... <laughs> take a nap. Like, you did <laughs> so nothing. Was, for... Go outside, <laughs> you know? 
Yeah. It's 20 hours of your life. You'll never get back. Read a book. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of, I don't know, man. Like, it's just, I don't know if the society has the attention span. I think the way BBC does it is awesome. Like with Luther, Mm -hmm. like when we watched Luther, it was what four seasons of six, like four seasons of like 12 episodes and that's it. It's it's over. Like you watch it and you're, you're in and then you're like, wow, that was amazing. And then, you know, it's, it kind of goes away and it just hits you really hard as opposed to like, I don't know if anyone has that kind of marathon 24 style once a week, 24 weeks of programming. Like you got to watch every week. Well, I don't know. My thing is I, I prefer the, the short seasons definitely because I mean, I think that's been shown with 11, 22, 63 and with stranger things. And a lot of these shows that have come out at even house of cards, they're not doing 22 episodes like, you know, normal TV or 26 yeah. episodes. You're getting, um, you know, eight to 12 episodes if you're lucky and then they're moving on. So they're taking that British format of, Hey, next week is the season premiere and join us the week after for the season finale. (laughs) I mean, it's just, we were talking about this the other day. I think we heard like an NPR thing a while back. I'd have been on the talking about it, Mm -hmm. about how iTunes changed music. Not just iTunes, but the, the on demand music changed how music is made. Because used to you'd have the songs that have the big long lead in. Yes. And then, you know, because it had to catch you in the middle because you never turn on the radio and catch a song at the very beginning. You catch it at, you know, in the middle. So the middle had to be the part that draw, you know, draws you in where now you can't have that, you know, lead in. It's, it's got to start when I hit play, whatever's going to catch me has got to catch me in the first you know, couple yes. of seconds. It's got to do it. You know, it's like, uh, I hate to say it, but it's like uh, the people I hate more than any human beings on the face of the earth are the people that go, oh man, you got to watch this YouTube video. It's like, you got to get me in the first like two and a half seconds or I'm out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just, I just don't give a fuck. Cause there's so- five seconds of your uh, YouTube video is your opening credits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, how's it going internet? This is Dork Trek coming at you live from blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I've already punched you in the face yeah. <laughs> with the closing of the tab. Like, yeah, shoot. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so, like I'm hoping that the new series will be awesome because like I said, if it's not, I don't see this thing making it my think the audience i think it's partly the fault of like the content not being quality and i also think it's some of the the maybe the expectations of studios perhaps because i mean you don't need a 180 million dollar budget star trek movie you just don't like you don't part of it is just the part of the allure of star trek was always kind of the the silliness of it almost you know yeah. um mm-hmm. and like but i think but you look at tng though their budget i mean they may have been you know Big budget for the time, it, not compared to anything we're doing now. But the special effects on that held up for a long time. Yeah, they really did. Like I read this great article about with uh, Mel Gibson. It was just like a little interview, and I know he's a crazy person and all, but he made a movie. I guess it's coming out soon that for like forty million dollars, and he was saying, "I don't understand how these movies. Like, what are you doing with two hundred and fifty million dollars?" Right. Like, we, you know, like he made that Apocalypto was amazing and he made that for like 30 million bucks. And he's like, what the hell is happening here? Like, how are you guys doing this? You know, like I don't so get if it. You want to give me an extra hundred million? Just talk <laughs> it. I'll take uh, it. Zach Schneider saying, yeah, we need more money. I got a bigger house. I got to build for this movie. Yeah. yeah and I'm going to live in. 
I mean, talking about Jews don't get to pay the bills too yeah. much. I just, I, you know, it's just one of those things where, like, I hope Trek survives, but based on, like, content and fan base. Fan base being, I hate to rail on the Trek fans, but, I mean, like, they're just such a salty bunch. And, like, yeah, I just, I don't know if they will sustain more product because they kind of hate everything. I think, it, well, I think because it's episodic, it's going to do that. But I, I hope so. I hope so. I really do. Because I want to watch more Star Trek because it's awesome. Mm-hmm. It, you've got it set in the prime timeline. Which right? is cool. All right. So we're back to original timeline, which, I mean, and then having Brian Fuller say that Orky doesn't know what he's talking about. Which is cool. Time travel works in Star Trek. <laughs> yes. I think that's awesome. Like, and I think, and part of me thinks like he's doing that just to kind of curry the favor of Trek fans. Like he's got, he's got a, me and kilt guy are sitting there going, okay, Brian, what else you got? Yeah. Yeah. Toto's like, you know what? You know who sucks that JJ Abrams guy? Like, you know what? Fuck that dude. <laughs> and like, then I think all the Star Trek fans will go, okay, I'll give this four episodes. Yeah. But see now the other thing, <laughs> um, he's bringing in, uh, but you got to change that ship. You got to change that ship. Yeah, ship you know, good. I mean, you gotta have a good explanation for why that ship looks like that. Yeah, what the hell, guy? Like, that was my favorite thing. That whole argument just encapsulated Star Trek. Like, oh, here's the, the, the preview trailer. It's a planet and a ship. And people go, what the fuck is up with that ship? It's like, dude, it's just let it happen. Like, let it, let it, let's, and it's just the internet culture that we were talking yeah. about before. It's just like they're just looking for excuses to be outraged. Well, yeah, I mean, you got Brian Fuller, but Brian Fuller has brought in Nick Meyer, who wrote and directed Star Trek Two and Star Trek Six, which are yeah. like the two best Star Treks. Yeah, right. He's doing this not from the captains as the the star, but as this lieutenant commander, which is almost, which is different, but kind of cool. But how many times did we say we wanted more lower yeah, decks yeah. episodes? More lower decks episodes would so be. So this is lower decks, the series, possibly. I mean, Which would be cool. Mm-hmm. I would watch it. It's about some unknown event in in the history of Trek, but I th- I think even that's up for debate. Um, people, some people are saying it may be the Klingon War. Um, ben said no. There's just so many possibilities, you know. Like it, I guess this pre this pre this series predates the Federation as a whole, correct? No, it predates. No, no it predates original series by ten years. Okay. But so then it's where Enterprise, though. It's, so it's after Enterprise okay. before Kirk. Okay. Yeah, 10 years before the original five. So it's 2255. So, okay. So how long was it between Enterprise and? Uh, roughly Kirk. 100. Oh, so that was that long? Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's because, interesting. Because Enterprise was 2151, 2150-ish. Okay. Right. And then... Uh, Kirk, uh, original Star Trek was t- the mid 2260s. Okay. From the mid 2150s 20, to the mid 2260s. Okay, so there's a big there's a big playing field there. Yeah. I'm surprised they didn't go after after all the like uh, uh, um, TNG, DS9, all that shit. I'm surprised it wasn't after because the special effects could get the technology. It would be cooler to show stuff off as opposed to have to devolve it, if that makes well, sense. See, that was kind of funny. The way that they did, I don't know how much of Enterprise you've watched, but they started out with stuff that was kind of like our technology. But then over the course of the series, 
you would slowly start getting piece by piece that was starting to look kind of like it fit more in the original series. Because, like, I remember watching the first couple episodes where they couldn't go over, like, Warp 5. Yeah, well, that was the... Yeah, it's the first Warp 5 ship. Yeah, that was the fr- and that was a big deal. But then the funny part is at the end of TNG, they couldn't go faster than Warp 5 anymore either because <laughs> the, the ripping, they were ripping space to shreds yeah. or some shit like that. I wonder um, if they're like kind of going off of like or kind of banking on a nostalgia factor if they're going back to like, you know, original series. If they build the sets to look like that, if they do a good job, that could really, I think, bring in some people who miss the original series and want to see that style of ship again. It's that would be awesome. Uh, Cause I mean, I know we're in space. Yeah. I know that that was the big complaint. It was, it just looks like an Apple store in space. Well, the Apple stores are fucking cool. And when you go there, you just see a bunch of people hanging around doing nothing. Cause they're in a place that rules. So I mean, you've got all the guys running around with a different colored shirt, yeah. different jobs. It really was. It was an Apple store in space. Uh, but again, I don't hate the first film. I don't, this, I think, the second, I think that second movie, you know, kind of killed that franchise. And yeah. I don't care how good that third film was; people just didn't give a shit anymore. And I, and I hate to say it, but I'm I'm afraid that people just don't give a shit about Star Trek anymore because, like, I think the fan base that that core base of guys like Ben and dudes like that, like killed guy, and even guy telling me that like, well, TNG isn't really. I mean, that's bastardized and blah. Like that group of people, I think they're so like just burned. If that makes enough sense, they're so disinterested, disengaged because they've they feel like they've been hurt so many times. <laughs> yeah. if that makes sense, you know. I mean. I will say, though, as soon as they announced the new series and I heard that Brian Fuller was the showrunner, it, I mean, I remember telling Jenny it was the first time I felt excited about Star Trek in a long time. <laughs> I have positive thoughts about yeah. it. It's not like, oh, my God, this is another thing. It's going to suck. So I, you were against the Star Trek movie, like, before it even came out? Since the trailer with him driving the car. Okay. Since it's, it's, because he can't drive stick. He can't drive stick. Uh, and, and from that point on, I was like, they're not going to, they're doing some shit. I don't know what the fuck this is about, but he's listening to Beastie Boys and he's driving a stick. Both of these things are wrong. But at least he has good taste in music. That's fine, <laughs> but okay, then, you know. I was just impressed that the Beastie Boys stood the test of time that long. Like, wow, people in the 21st, 22nd century, 23rd century are listening to the Beastie Boys. This is amazing. Yeah. They actually refer to the Beastie Boys as classical music. Yeah, know? which is classical cool. Um, I um, I don't know, man. I don't know. I hope it works. I'm excited to see it. Like, I can't believe there hasn't been cast announcements or anything yet. Like, this thing's got to be shooting already because, I mean, it comes out in January. January. I mean, like, it's got to be shooting somewhere. Like, the secrecy on this thing has got to be crazy or they're I just going like, to... Yeah, like, they're keeping a lid on it to try to keep people to, like, stop from picking it apart before they even see a single scene from it. I still remember sitting with my best friend Jay and watching Entertainment Tonight every time there was a, a TNG update. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, now we get to meet the cast. <laughs> what the fuck, Patrick's what the guy from Excalibur? I, what? I was listening to Patrick Stewart on Mark Marin's podcast, which was a really great interview. Uh, I only listened to about half of it because I got I, I was home. I made it home because I like to drive around on my trips and listen to pods. And Stewart was saying that like when 
he took the job. His agent at the time was like, oh, you're only going to do this for like a year. Like he said, sign a six-year contract. Like it's not going to happen. This thing will be this thing will be on for, you know, 12 episodes and they'll cancel it because you can't redo Star Trek. Like it's just not going to happen. Like yeah. the idea of it's just dumb. So do six seasons. Yeah, whatever. And so he did. And he, it was, you know, the life-changing experience for him. But it's interesting that like, even that, even like the the people involved, like the Hollywood people, are like this ain't gonna happen. This, this ain't gonna have legs. Like people ain't gonna stand for this. Yeah. And if you watch that that great documentary that they did, what was it, Trouble on the Bridge or whatever? Yes, on the bridge. Yeah, on the bridge. People weren't standing for it. Like they were outraged. And I guess somebody on Twitter posted a quote from uh uh from Scotty that was like, "You guys can't. You guys are fucking with something that's awesome." And hey, I hate your face, which was basically the extent of it. Yeah. So it's weird. It's it's weird, man. Like it's it's held in such high regard and such high high esteem, and it's wonderful. Like I love the fact that it's on Heroes and Villains every night. Uh, not Heroes and Villains, but Heroes and Icons. This, I was telling Ben this is like Me TV sister channel. It's on um, original series and TNG are on at six and seven, and I love just turning on the TV at six o'clock and watching Star Trek. Yeah. It's so great. Like it's so wonderful because it's always been there. You know, and maybe they can rekindle some of that with the TV show. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like watching, like anytime I get cable and I'm in a place that has BBC America, the first thing I do, I turn it to that station to see if TNG's on because like I just love watching TNG on cable because it's always been there. It's it's familiar, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of weird for me though when I get, like if I'm flipping through, like, God, it was a couple of years ago, I was watching TV, TV, like broadcast TV. And it was a Sunday afternoon and Star Trek was on and it was really weird to be watching Star Trek on TV, like broadcast TV. I remember for, for a while when it was on Fox opposite the NFL game, like the way the NFL works, it's like one network gets two games, one network gets the local and like Fox in Virginia beach is the, is the Redskin Network. They get the NFC games, so they get all the Redskin games. So if CBS had two games on the 1 o'clock and the 4 o'clock, at 1 o'clock they would play infomercials and Star Trek. And I remember being like, oh, cool, I can watch original series Star Trek instead of football. This is, <laughs> this is awesome. And, like, I would just watch Trek, and it would be on. It was killer. I used to get so mad when I was a kid because it would be on my local station. It was Sunday night at 6 if the games run long mm-hmm. in the afternoon, it would bump into it sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> it pissed me off because it was just like my dad wasn't giving up the TV. Yeah, you know, and he was going to watch you know the game to the bitter end. And I'm just like, but Star Trek has been on for five minutes. How is <laughs> by that point though? It it wasn't like I hadn't already memorized all the episodes. Yeah, of the series. So it's just like. Yeah, I could come in 20 minutes late and still be like, oh, okay, yeah, this is the Gary You Sam have episode. all the lines memorized. You have your commentary, dialogue, everything. I mean, but, you know, Ben was ahead of his time. He was yeah. he, he was the internet long before the internet w- was ever uh, a glimmer in Al Gore's eye. Wikipedia put me out of business. I used to be the guy that people would call for the obscure facts. Now you just you just Google it. It's on, yeah. There's a the article. Use them Google machines, man, and man made me look, man took away my speciality. Yes, but back in 1983, there was no internet. <laughs> there was Betapedia, and he was amazing. 
but you, st- I mean, your Star Trek knowledge is still fun, and it's just, and I like I like needling you sometimes, but like, I'm I, it's cool. Like it's Star Trek is just one of those things. Like when we first moved to Cincinnati, we got the antenna, and we and I saw that Star Trek was on MeTV, and I was like, oh, cool, this makes me feel like I'm home because yeah. I know where Star Trek is on, I know where to watch it, you know, because it was all it's always been on, yeah, you know. My interest in it has has come and gone, mm-hmm. but you know it's peaked and valleyed, and I'm starting to get more into the original series because Sophie's starting to dig it a little bit more. But like you know, it's it's still pretty amazing that it's 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 lasted 50 years. I just hope it can go another three. I just hope it can make it through the 13 episodes that CBS is planning because I feel right now like it's on very shaky ground. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If we get a good first season, I think we're, we're we're set. But I think, and you brought this up at the convention, that uh, by putting it on streaming, it has a much lower bar for renewal. Oh yeah, totally. Like, if it yeah. was on broadcast, because broadcast that's advertisers, that's a slot that you know something mm-hmm. that could be making you a lot of money. It's going to be there. But for this, there's going to be people. How many episodes are there? 13, 12? That's how many weeks I will subscribe to CBS All Access. Yeah. And when the last episode is done, I cancel my subscription. (laughs) I mean, there's no point. I have no other reason to watch All Access other than Star Trek. And I hope that they see that. I hope that there's a big enough group of people who subscribe the week that the show starts and cancels the week that the show ends. Best Best case scenario, I think, for the new show is what you said, Ben, will happen, and CBS will go, oh, shit, we need another Star Trek show. So they put another one on the air that kind of runs concurrently with Discovery. So it's just kind of when one ends, one starts kind of thing. TNG and uh, DS9. Yeah, totally. You know, So they can kind of get that thing going. Worst case scenario is you know, people tune in and they go, Oh, this is awful. And they don't watch it. And then it gets, they blow it out. Yeah. And then five years later, it's got millions of fans who loved it. And I don't know why it got canceled. Why it got canceled? I love, I love Firefly. It's so awesome. Cause you pirated that shit while it was on. Yeah. yeah it's because nobody watched it till yeah. it ended. Yeah. You know? So anyway, though, 1983, something else that was going on. Stranger Things. Yeah, Stranger Things takes place in 1983. Like, that's the year. Yep. November thir- The first episode starts November 13th, 1983. How do you know this? Because it, there's a thing on the screen that says November 13th, 1983. Oh, I, must, I must have missed that. Yeah. It's November 13th. I'll, I'll have to check. Because I've only... My wife and I kind of binge-watched it over... We had been talking about watching it, and then over the Labor Day weekend, we, we got into it. And fuck, what a wonderful television program, right? It's amazing. Do you know what got me? It was the first episode, right? When it's, it's November 1983, it's Sunday night, it's after 8, right? It's a few minutes after 8 because, you know, everybody's got to go home is where it's starting up at. And Dad's upstairs adjusting the rabbit ears and Knight Rider was on. Mm-hmm. Because Knight Rider used to come on 8 o'clock Central – on Sunday nights. And there's a there's a lot of that good sentimentality in it. Mm-hmm. It just sucks you in. Which makes it fun because you feel like that this is you and your friends of a certain ilk. Like we played D and D. Like, you know, I remember my character, his name was he was a ranger, his name was Bo Flick. And in his picture he had his finger up his nose. And <laughs> 
that was his name and he was awesome and we played with um with my friend's older brother my his his uncle who was one of those weird uncles where like he was contemporary that makes sense like we were nine and he was fifth like 14 so it was like one of those weird you know kind of late yeah. in the game kids and like we played with him and he was the dm and it was awesome and we played for a whole summer and it was the best summer ever and i'm still trying to recapture that summer of dungeons and dragons and I, <laughs> because it was amazing see what's killing me about this show though is with it being 1983 and the kids being 12 I was 12 in 1983, and so this is like... You're having, like, Wesley syndrome all over again? It's No, it's this is the way it should have been done, I yeah. guess, because I'm like, oh, my God, th- those are my friends. The, this is Because this. they were, like, actual nerdy kids. Yeah. I remember those kids. I went to school with those kids. They were my friends. There's, I, what, uh, Matt, um, the black... What's the black kid's name? Lucas. Lucas is awesome. Uh, the kid with the... Uh, Dustin and then Matt is the main and Will Mike. and Mike and Will of course and it's just it's it's such a wonderful program like the and Winona Ryder is amazing like I don't know Matthew I think so too. like I was telling Stephanie that was the thing that got me in first because I was like I was on the fence about it and somebody's like oh well no I found out Winona Ryder was like fuck I'll watch this because like I don't have time for television I didn't watch Daredevil I haven't I don't watch any of this stuff but with Winona Ryder I love Winona Ryder like my mm-hmm. dream is to become famous in Hollywood and for Winona Ryder to date me because that's what she does she there was a stretch where she dated new guys in Hollywood it was like hey you wrote a script cool um, here's your BMW and you get to date Winona Ryder for four you, months you gotta know <laughs> you gotta take it and yeah you know. yeah Here's your Screen Actors Guild card, and there's Winona Ryder. <laughs> I love her; she's amazing. I've always been a fan, and like when she was in, I was, I was, I was in, and like the the role she plays, she's like a single mom who works at a drugstore who's had kind of a rough go of it, and all of a sudden her son comes up missing, and she's just batshit crazy. Yeah, but she does it so well and so like over such a prolonged period of time, like. Yeah. She's eight episodes of batshit crazy. Like the energy level that must take to do is amazing. I heard a good handful of people saying that she was horrible. What? I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, I think one of my friends said that she basically came across as like the drama teacher overacting crazy. And I was like, I don't see how you can say that when like she lost her kid he's missing he's like doing things to the lights on the walls and shit how do you know what a, a, a woman's gonna act like when her kid yeah. gets lost like this yeah. i mean like she's i think she's like and she's amazing and matthew modine like where has he been for the past like nine ten years he hasn't done anything yeah. and like he shows up on this show as I like didn't recognize him Meaning with the white hair? No. Like, he's like Xavier, like Charles Xavier gone totally fucking wrong. And like, he plays this creepy kind of like weird hippie dude who's like some pseudoscientist who's into like mind control and telekinesis. And and he's fucking brilliant. Like, in the first three episodes, I think he only has like three lines of dialogue. Yeah, and they're short lines. Yeah, and it's like, where's the girl? And then he doesn't speak for like another two episodes, and you're just like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, yeah. he is just brilliant. Like, he's so amazing to watch on screen. 
Uh, and the dude, I guess his name is David Harbor, who plays the uh, the the chief yeah, of chief the Harper. small town police. He was the best. Yeah. He is just, I mean, the casting on the show is so spot on. It's wonderful. See, I, I recognized him from Newsroom. And he was also in Law. He's been in a bunch of Law and Order episodes. Okay. Who it, hasn't, but, though? <laughs> but my thing with him, though, because I didn't like his character on Newsroom, so I thought, you know, immediately I'm prejudiced against, you know, the actor going into okay. it. Uh, won me over in like five or six minutes. Yeah. The whole thing is, you know, mornings are for coffee and meditation. That's the best. That's, I mean, it, yep. they're, they, like I've seen online, there's like a thousand SD stops or whatever that sell that coffee mug now because it's so wonderful. Yeah. And then you've got, uh, what is it? Lego, uh, not Lego, but, uh, Ego waffles. Yeah, ego waffles are great. And and the young lady who uh, Millie Bobby Brown is, I mean, the children actors in this program are they are just phenomenal f- mm-hmm. through the roof, amazing. Like yeah. holy smokes! Like you're watching like stars being born right in front of you. Like it's th- that girl is such a draw. Like you can't take yeah. your eyes off her. She's so amazing. Like she's visually striking with the short hair. And Stephanie says she's got kind of like um, a Natalie Portman vibe to her. Okay. Yeah, kind of looks that. like Natalie Portman, which if you, if you've seen like the professional, I can kind of mm-hmm. see you, but like, she's just so visually straight and the show is just, I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, you know, it should be surprising. Like it totally lived up to the hype. Like I heard yeah. you talking about it for like what two weeks before we got to watch it. Yeah, because it blew up. Like my Twitter feed was just people going, "Holy fuck, this is the greatest thing ever." I love Stephen King tweeted that uh, it was like watching Stephen King's greatest hits, and then he said, "I mean that in a good way." Yeah, and like the thing is, like the guys at the Durrett Brothers or whatever. Um, I looked them up. They're like some. They're like tw- you know, they were born in '85 or some weird shit like that. And, like, they did a couple episodes of that Wayward Pine show or whatever. And, like, that's it. Like, they've just written some TV shows. And I saw that they sent it to, like, 20 networks. And everybody said, no, what were you thinking? Like, what what did you not get here? Well, see, the thing is, though, the reason they made it is that they're remaking it as a movie. Okay. And they wanted to direct that. Oh, okay. And they tried out, you know, they tried... And so they got shot down for it. And they're like, you know what? We'll make our own Stephen King movie. So this is their... J.J. Abrams Star Wars, but real Star Trek, but really, really good. Because Abrams, I just look at his Star Trek as like an audition reel for a Star. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's his demo reel. This was, hey, we wanted to do a Stephen King movie. Here's what it would have looked like. Yeah, but I mean, this is a love letter to Stephen King, Steven Spielberg. I mean, I don't know. It, it even has vibes of like John Carpenter in it for oh, me. Oh God, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Like the Carpenter references, I mean, just with like the post, like the thing poster on the wall and stuff like that. Like, it's just because I was a little nervous because I hate horror. I'm not a horror fan. But this isn't horror in the sense of like slasher horror. This is more kind of tense. It's like Twilight Zone, like turned up to like 10 because it's eerie and kind of creepy. And it's very suspenseful and well written. And the acting is just beautiful. I mean, it's just so well done. These kids are phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, it's, to, I mean, child actors, you know, and you're, it's going to be hit or miss. And the thing, and we haven't even mentioned Nancy. Like, the sister is amazing. Like, she's a total badass. Like, yeah. her, her transformation from, like, smart, study kid to, like, we're going to go. Because the last episode I saw was the seventh one. was like, we're going to go fucking finish what we started. Like, she wants to kill this thing because it killed yeah. Barb. 
So one of the things I liked about it, like the, the way they wrote the characters, they could have like taken the easy way out. Like they could have like written the sheriff as like the bumbling idiot. The, sh- the sister could have been like just a total bitch, you know, they didn't even her boyfriend, you know, like he could have just been like a total abusive asshole or something. Yeah. Like that was the one thing. Cause like there were cliches. That's a great point that you brought that up. Cause we were watching the first episode, Stephanie and I, and like the scene where uh, Steve and Nancy are in the bathroom making out and stuff. And I'm just going like, please don't rape her. Please don't. Because like, I just like, I'm almost kind of almost in that mindset of like, okay, you have like a horny teenage boy with like a vulnerable kind of girl he's gonna try to assault but i mean like i maybe i'm just i don't know man like i, I, I don't know i don't know but i, I was just like, like, conditioned to like expect those stereotypes and this yeah. stuff and then they completely avoided all of them see the thing that was getting me is i i kept switching between this is like it was in the 80s or this like it was in 80s movies because it kept giving me that vibe like, oh, yeah, I could totally see this being, you know, shot in the 80s. But then at the same time, it's like, well, am I remembering the 80s wrong because of 80s movies? I mean, do, <laughs> I, do I look at the 80s as being more fun than they were because I remember watching all the movies in the 80s? And that yes. made me think that's what the 80s were like. I don't know, man. Yeah, um, going on adventures on bicycles and stuff. But that was the thing is it's eight. 30 at night on Sunday and oh they've got school the next day so you know he's going to ride his bike home across town no big I mean I would ride my bike everywhere when I was a yeah. kid you know, like I would literally like every day during the summer I would bike about a mile and a half to my friend's house and we would play video games or you know go fishing or play baseball or like pick on his brother like that's just what we did you know like your when you were a kid your bike was your automobile like that's how you went everywhere that's how i went to the comic shop that's how i went to my friend's house that's how i went to the park that's how i it's my bike yeah and like it's 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 and i think it's even like subtle little things like that the one thing i will say is i didn't know any dudes that had a banana seat like sorry uh that wasn't a thing like I, uh, we, he's, a, he's a poor kid, so he's probably, it's probably a hand-me-down. It's probably yeah. they're not poor. They're, they live in the you know on the house in the cul-de-sac, the big house. That's you're talking about Will. No, not Will. Um, uh, uh, Mike is Mike has a banana seat because he lets homegirl sit on it, Eleven sit on it all the time. Well, then there's the benefit of having a banana seat. And it's just, I, I'm just, it's, and like the obvious, like stand by me, you know, homage when they're just walking down the, the train tracks. It's like, it's, it's so nostalgic. It hits all the right beats. It brings all the right feelings back, you know? And, and right. as somebody who hasn't watched a lot of eighties horror, because I, like I said, I horror is not my thing. Like I'm not into it. Yeah. It just, for me, it all feels so fresh and, and so new. And it's just, it's just really perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, the the stand by me thing that was the other thing I had read about this is that when the kids auditioned, the brothers had them read the lines from Stand by Me. So it's just still, I mean, you could watch Stand by Me to this day and just go, "Wow, that's a fucking great film." Oh mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. You know, so that I mean, it's just I don't know. You've got all these little homages, like you said. You've got great acting. You've got great scripts. You got a great yeah. The great the the acting is off the charts. You know, like and like Jenny's photography. The kid, the yeah, the cinematography is wonderful. The characters are familiar enough, like Jenny was saying, where they feel like they're '80s movies characters, but they don't do stupid '80s movies things. 
yeah. that makes sense, you know, and it's funny and it's just, man, it's, it's just, I can't, I can't wait to finish it. Yeah. And they've already got season two green light. Green yeah. Light, so. Now I don't know. Cause I haven't seen how it's going to end. So I don't know if this is going to be like more Hawking stuff. I guess I don't because it's all speculation. I'm sure you guys know, cause you finished it. Like mm-hmm. I'm curious to see how this picks up because like, you know, watching episode seven going into episode eight where, you know, um, uh, uh, the sheriff and, and Winona Ryder are just like, well, we're going to go in there and we're going to go through the portal. It's like, it's not going to, that's a dumb plan. Like, it's not going to work. Like, it's just really dumb. I want to know more about this sheriff's background. Yeah, he's really. I, I know he's lost the kid. I know that wrecked his marriage. But he's got some, you know, AAA badass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, how many times does he just just punch people in the face as hard as he can? Like, you know, oh man, uh, uh, he told me to be here. Hang on, let's find out. Bang! And he just cracks him in the jaw. And then, like, <laughs> his react, his instant reaction to things is, "I'm just gonna punch shit as hard as I can." Yeah, which is fun, you know. Yeah, I love yeah. him with the uh, state trooper when he's just like, he, "Oh, that's the best." Look, yeah, the yeah, look on his face, like, "Oh, I gotta do this shit." You know, just and he just right into it that was one of the times that as we were watching it um i felt like the characters in the show themselves were like D characters and like he had to do his bluff check and he yeah, yeah 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 totally like, i punched him in the face yeah it's, it's very <laughs> it, is, it does feel that way because like he's like i'm gonna trick this dude oh shoot it didn't work all right fine i'm just gonna kick his ass <laughs> you know and uh i just there 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 are there are parts of it i just i was just thinking of one that it escaped me, but there are parts of it where I, I don't understand motivations for certain things. I'm trying to remember the specific example. Um, it involved the chief, but I, I escaped, but whatever. I couldn't, it couldn't have been that big of a problem if I don't remember it. You know, from Jenny just talking about that awesome scene where she punched, she punches him in the fucking face. Um, no, no, it's, it's the scene. Okay. 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 It's when 11 comes up missing. Okay. Like she's gone. Yeah. We all know that she's this important part of this Hawkins Institute, like their whole thing. I was after that initial attempt to catch her at the diner. They don't really do a great, that that was the one part that I found strange. Like they don't do a really great job canvassing this town to try to find her. Yeah. Does that make sense? I was kind of confused that, I mean, the Institute place, the Department of Energy thing, was kind of out of the way. Yes. The diner's kind of the edge of town. Yes. You know, he's kind of out there. He's going to get the road traffic coming in and out of town or passing through or whatever, passing by. And then town is further out, but it's not too far because the kids are biking out there. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's like, I'm trying to get the layout of the town and it's not spread out so much that it's not like, you know, they've got right. to go across the county now to look for the kid well, yeah, further down. Will lives in the house that's like the forest basically butts up right up against the Department of Energy forest. property. Yeah, I would like to see that. So I would like to see a map because like, like yeah, because I don't think they did a good enough job canvassing this town looking for this kid because she kills these two guards. She escapes this restaurant and that's it. You don't see him again for a while. Yeah, that I have to just say since you brought it up. And she kills the two guards. That was so badass. Yeah. That was the the greatest thing on television. Like, it was shocking, but at the same time, like, badass. And, like, I'm surprised and jumping up off the couch. But just like, what? Yeah, and then Matthew Modine has that weird, like, 
father figure slash like pederast moment where he just kind of like carries her away and like she's so gangly and awkward that it, yeah. oh, it was just awesome like it was so it's so amazing but like yeah that's the one thing that i will say like i don't think they did a good enough job i think in that point like canvassing because again she's just this important figure in this operation and she's gone and you kind of had a beat on her and then she and you're just like oh whatever i mean how big we'll is find her i mean yeah, like, that's that's the thing I don't get either. Like, how- this isn't like 800 people in my small hometown. This is, you know, it's it's big enough that people work in this town. It's got a middle school, so you know, and like a whole lot bigger than that, though. Honestly, I, I think it's a few well, thousand people. I don't know if it's that big, man, because like it seems like they only have the one grocery store. It seems like there's like a main drag into town. Yeah, if that makes sense, and like on that yeah, main. Look at the police department, though. You you know, it's three people. Well, four. Well, the secret the secretary. You know, so the the police department's four people. Right. You know, uh, so I can't imagine it being more than like four or five hundred people. No, I think it's pretty good size because I mean, well, I mean, looking where does the uh, Mike's dad work? I mean that they have a house. The, the parents in this t- in this show are the worst. I told Stephanie, I was like, I just don't want to grow up to be a Stranger Things parent because the mother it takes her six episodes to go downstairs into the basement to see what the hell's going on down there. Like, what are you doing? Like, I I couldn't hide a hamster in my house. That's what I'm saying. Like, much less you know a girl. Yeah, much less a, a, a weird girl who has powers who just tends to wander around the house in the afternoons. You know. Um, but yeah, the mother is, is awful and she's got that, you can talk to me vibe thing going. And it's like, you don't do that at 15. You do that at seven. So then when they get 15, they know they can talk to you. Yeah. And this is just me being a parent that I think the parents are just the worst part of the show. Like, especially, especially Nancy and Mike's parents. They're just so like painfully no, no, just clueless. Barb's parents are the worst. Her mother yeah, like I thought oh, you would yeah. see her. Tell her she better call me. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. No, even her own mother doesn't go to try to look for her. And poor Barb got worked. I mean, you know, that was, you know, that's something that I think kind of. I can't. I can't blame the show for this. A lot of people were like talking up Barb before I saw the show. Like everybody's talking about how great she was, and like she was the real MVP of the show, and all this shit. And I finally see the show, and I'm like, she didn't do anything. She got, like, taken into the upside down, like, what, three episodes in or something like that? She was kind of a wet blanket. Yeah. Um, she was kind of a bummer, man. And, like, I'm not, no offense to Barb, but she got what was coming to her. You know, I mean, like, just just put out, baby. Like, go, <laughs> go upstairs and play with uh, play with homeboy's balls while he's banging your friend, and then, you're, then you live, you know? She was there to, to be the three-way partner, you know? She fucked it up, man. See, I feel bad for though because I always hate people who use people like uh, Nancy. Used I don't think Nancy used. They were pals. Like I think no, they no, were no, real like, your whole reason of going is to keep me from from screwing up, right? I also think that she thought it might have been more of a party than it really was. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I mean, I don't think she thought it was just going to be them and the douchey, you know, couple. And you know, the the real bitch of the show is that redheaded girl who like rats on uh, the ugly river Phoenix brother who has that like ugly river Phoenix vibe. Like if river Phoenix, the the redhead 
She sucks. She's the fifth wheel, though. Yeah, she, well, she totally she, wants a uh, homeboy. Yeah, she wants she's Steve. after Steve, and that's why she's trying to do anything she can to wreck shit. Steve. Right? That's why you can't trust a ginger. <laughs> no. But, I mean, like, I just I, – I just I, – I truly enjoy that show. It's it's wonderful. Like, yeah. it really is. I, I want to talk to you after you watch – I I, th- I was hoping that would have happened this evening, Ben, but unfortunately my kids had other plans, which is okay. Right. We'll watch it hopefully Friday or maybe tomorrow night, um, yeah. and then we'll get it in. I just, uh, man, it's been such a it's just been such a wonderful experience. Like I, it's really exciting. I can't remember feeling like the the last time I felt this way about a TV show was Luther. Before that, it was Heroes, the first season of Heroes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. just weird that so many people have this super positive vibe after they watch Stranger Things. It was just fun. It was a lot of fun to watch. It, it wasn't. I mean, it was heavy, but it wasn't like so. Oh my God! It's just it didn't suck the life out of you. It had some pretty heavy subject matter. I mean, you know, the kid's kidnapped or whatever. He's yeah. But you know, but I think part of it too is like, you know, he's okay. Like that was another thing. Like that was a big talking point around our house when they found the body. Um, and it, spoilers, it's not really the body. It's like a, it's like a stuffed mannequin or something. Um, Cause Stephanie and I were like, well, we know he's alive. The body, like, how are they going to work their way out of this? Like, it doesn't make sense. And I thought they did it rather well, you know, yeah. I thought they were going to, I honestly thought, and I thought this was suspense just from knowing suspenseful programming. When they opened it up, like something creepy was going to hop out of it. So I was on edge waiting for that. And when they just yeah. pulled up a cotton, I was like, oh, Ooh. <laughs> that, was a, that was a close one. You know, it's just, yeah, it's just great. And I, th- and I think Winona Ryder is awesome. Like she's maintaining that level of bad shit. You know, that long. I mean, when when she's nailing all the Christmas lights on the walls and writing the letters underneath it, you're like, wow, that's fucking amazing. Like, that's so great. And I love every time she walks into the drugstore to, like, go pick up another stash of yeah. Christmas lights and a new phone. And she's just and like, cigarettes. Just give me the shit. Yeah. Just, just let me walk out the door. Don't even argue. <laughs> I just, I really enjoy it. I really enjoy it. You know? phone who dis. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's going through the phones. Yeah. And this was 83. Phones weren't easy. No, they weren't. Like, they were $22 for a house phone. But some of it, like, some of the nostalgia, I wonder if it translates to, like, the kids younger than us. Like, Haley. Like, does Haley get it? Yeah. Because, like, it's like the the, the, the cord on the phone and, like, like D&D and shit like that. Like, does it translate (laughs) for kids of that age? I mean, certain things she probably wouldn't exactly get like that. But I mean, it's it would be the same as like us watching like Back to the Future when they're talking about like only having one television set and like, oh my god, you have two television sets. Okay, I see that. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, okay. You know, it's like it's it's from another time. Well, <laughs> why don't they just Google it? Oh yeah, they don't have a computer in the house. What? Oh, that was my favorite when they broke out the microfiche. <laughs> yeah. Doing research the old way. I mean, I did term papers like that. Yeah. It's like, how did we ever find shit like that? Oh, microfiche was impossible. Like, oh my God, it was the biggest pain. In- I hate, but I love those machines. And so yeah. That was the big nostalgia moment for me. Just because I had that stuff all the way through, Jesus, into college. Yeah. That we were still using that. That was still a, a way to do it and to use the good machine. 
the one that had the smooth rotation and stuff. Mm-hmm. And again, I've always loved the term microfiche. <laughs> I, I don't know why it makes me chuckle. It's like little tiny fish. Yeah. Fish. What's a fish? Like what's fishing? Well, you, I mean, you have a micro fish. Okay. I know what a fish is, but what's a fish? Like, I don't know what a fish is. It's funny because it almost sounds offensive, but it's kind of classy at the same time. Definitely like, classy. <laughs> And we have the, of course, the new 1985 microfiche over on this. Microfiche. The mud has what? gotten microfiche. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, it's, it. it's just little things like that, like the microfiche references and stuff that are just right up everybody's alley, you know? I don't know. Man. It's, I don't know if kids get that. I don't, you know, because I know that, like, my daughter and Haley and, you know, kids that age and younger, they've never used card mm-hmm. catalogs. Yeah. yeah. Done real research in a library, so it hits all the right beats. Like with stuff like that, with the music that's involved. Like when that really nice scene where Will and his brother are listening to the Clash, and like the you know, and he's just kind of hanging out, and they close the door so they don't have to hear their parents arguing. It just hits the right beats where it's universal enough because they use like the biggest Clash song ever. Yeah, so, like everybody can go. Oh, I remember that song. Like if they it's use an '80s song that we're singing to establish <laughs> it's the '80s. Yeah, totally. No, they're totally doing it. But at least it's, at least it's, it, it works though. It doesn't feel like that. If that makes mm-hmm. sense, do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, because that's a song that like my daughter has heard. I don't. Your daughter might have even heard it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. If, you know. But I mean, most people have heard that song and they can relate to it. It's yeah. not like it's just you know some random thing. And yeah, I just I remember though thinking how sweet it, his stereo was. In that yeah, stereo. I would have loved to have had that in 1983. Yeah, we had the big console. It was like a buffet. Size. Yeah, yeah, we had one of those too. You lift up the top, and you've got the turntable, and yeah. then you got the eight track, and then you got the the records could go under. <laughs> that thing was awesome. We had one of those forever in my house, and it was just the best. We actually used it as a buffet. Yeah, because like my I mean, mother uh, Thanksgiving stuff, she'd put a runner across the top of it. Yep. Yeah, and you'd put the food out, and it's just like okay, there you go. Doubles as furniture. I loved that thing. It was awesome. We had one in our house forever. It was great. I'm. I want. I don't know. I, I want an 80s room. If I ever get a house again, I want it to be a very big house, and I want an 80s room. No, see, I want – if I ever get super rich, like if Monty gets huge, I'm going to – I want to build the TNG set in my basement and, like, have, like, some kind of prop forum where I build the – I would need bi-level, of course, and yeah. have the running, the, the wood, the wood grain and the carb. I love I love that set. It's so and great. See, mine would be the original series. Uh, that's. I mean, I've even done comics about that with it being in my garage. I mean, that's just. Which I, I think would be easy to, easier to do than the TNG set. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, I don't know. We've based that design. So many things are based on that design now that they actually like on Navy ships. The way that some stations are laid out are based on the layout. Oh, really? Yeah. That's awesome. That's it's a very economical use of space. Yeah. So. And that is one thing that Star Trek did. They did have a very economical use of space. It's a toaster. Space and space. Um, but yeah, so if you do get a chance, um, look in your local, um, like go to Heroes, what is it? Heroes and Icons, like .com. I think they're on Twitter and see if they're on in your area because 
Saturday night, I mean, Sunday night, it's like animated series for an hour, original series, TNG, DS9, Voyager, and Enterprise. So it's like five hours of Trek. It's awesome. And it's just fun to like know you can turn on your TV on Saturday or Sundays and go, oh, cool. And you'll it'll suck you in. Like, it just will, even if it's a bad episode. Uh, like, um, a couple nights ago, I got lucky because it was Measure of a Man was on. I was like, wow, this is this is good stuff. And I remember, like, talking about, like, wow, that lady in Measure of a Man, she really wanted to fuck Picard. Like, she, she was bowdy-bowdy. Like, she was practically begging him for it, you know? <laughs> um, and then, you know, some of them are stinkers, season two. Oh, I also caught um, the Riker Klingon episode. Oh, nice. Which is another great season two episode. Mm-hmm. But, Jenny, you were... Defending Pulaski too, and oh, yeah. Door Trek were the we were the first we were the first group I think that defended Pulaski. Yeah. I, I'm Team Pulaski. I mean, I don't hate Crusher necessarily, other than the fact that she kills people and takes their stuff. But uh, yeah, I, th- I I guess a friend of mine must have been watching the same channel or something because it was just like about a week ago or something that he was talking about. Um, you know, he, how he's watching this episode and talking about how, like, he likes Pulaski better than Crusher. And I was like, no, I, I have and to disagree. Uh, Crusher better. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Um, you know, I think Pulaski's, you know, like we talked about, she's a female version of McCoy and, like, she has kind of a cool attitude. And I just I thought she was great. And she banged Riker's dad. Yeah, <laughs> apparently. Well, and they were saying how, I guess, they felt like it was wrong that she... Um, didn't feel like Data was a sentient person. And I was like, well, you know, she's a doctor. She sees him as a machine. He doesn't go down the sick bay when, you know, he's yeah. goes to engineering and gets Jordy to fix him. And I hate to say it too, but like, she's old. And old people are kind of set in their ways. Like, her yeah. and Picard were the ones that are a little older than the rest of the gang. Yeah. And like, you know, try to get an old guy to say Asian. It doesn't happen. Like, they're Orientals. You know I, I mean? think that's one of the other things I said was, like, try to get my great-grandfather to accept other races. Yeah. <laughs> like, it just ain't happening. Like, no, nah, that guy's Oriental. Like, no, he's Asian. Like, no, dude. Like, And you even have to know what form of Asia he's from or you could get in trouble now. Like, to your grandfather, he's a, he's a slope. It's like, Grandpa, you can't say shit like that. You know, like, Pulaski was the kind of she was the one that going like, what the fuck is going on here? Like she was the one kind of wet blanket almost. We were, Door Trek was big on Pulaski. Like we loved mm-hmm. her. I thought she was yeah. awesome. For that reason, she was like, you guys are all a bunch of fucking weirdos. You know, she was that first kind of voice of dissent. Yeah. That Star Trek had never, hadn't had since, you know, McCoy. And even his was just basically on, on Spock. Yeah. You know, where you know, Pulaski was calling everybody. On yeah, it. she was just like, you're all a bunch of fucking maniacs. This place is ours. How is this ship, Steve? It's still even <laughs> fucking flying in space. That's why she left. She was convinced it was going to blow up yeah. or be surrendered. Well, he was trying. He tried all through that. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I would have liked to see her because, I mean, she the only person on the crew I think she liked was Worf. Yeah. Because Worf had this like cool sense of honor, and like even he in the beginning was kind of like, I don't fucking know what these guys are up to. You know what I mean? Well, I think Worf <laughs> took an outsider approach to it. Yeah, because it was so hippy dippy bullshit at first, you know. Yeah. And they, 
I think Pulaski and Worf weren't really buying into the whole lovey huggy type shit. Yeah. And so that's why they respected each other. I mean, grumps seek out grumps. Yeah, grumpy people like grumpy people. That's why we get along then. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I would have liked to have seen another season with her and explored her and Worf going, you know, like on a, a different missions or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Getting that whole, they're trapped on the planet and have to survive and, yeah. work, you know, explore those characters that way. Because that's the one thing too, like to, to kind of bring this back to stranger things. I don't feel like Nancy or any of the kids are like Mary Sue's because I don't have that Wesley vibe. Like they're written well enough where like, they're likable enough where you don't hate them instantly because they fucking know everything. Even when the kids fight, that was so much like how my friends and I would yeah. fight when we were kids. And I love how the kids on, um, on Stranger Things live by this D and D code, you know, like they, they take the things from their game and from their reality in D and D and put it in real life. Like, you know, man, you drew first blood. Like, you have to shake on it. Like, you have to apologize. And, like, the idea that, like, and they well, remember the time we split up the party and we all got killed? It's like they have this kind of real-world mentality to D&D. Yeah. It's awesome. You know? I like it. So do I. I think it's great. And I hope, yeah, I hope it, I hope it stays. Worst part about binging a show like that, though, is that now we have to wait like a full year for the next season. Yeah, just watch it again. And the cool part is uh, uh, they do enough, to, uh, the um, the nice folks at Netflix, where, I mean, right. fucking Luke Cage starts tomorrow. I didn't know that was coming out tomorrow. Now, yeah. we haven't even finished Daredevil yet. So. Yeah. I'm very behind on Daredevil, but we're watching it. We're up to the court. Yeah. I've, I saw the first episode. Of the, first, of the first season and Stephanie was like yeah I don't like this he's I don't get the, I, I Stephanie didn't buy that he was blind she couldn't get past that part of it she's like he's not blind I can kind of like, see that I think I've said that a couple times like where you kind of see him not acting blind yeah yeah. yeah Stephanie was like he ain't blind and then that was it for her she was immediately pulled out of it See, for me, though, I just give him a pass because he's Matt Murdock. Yeah, that's what I say, too, and I try to explain to her. Yeah, I was like, well, he's not blind in the sense like Stevie Wonder, Ray Charles, like, fucking swinging their head around blind. He has, like, an extra sense. He's just, just not sight. And she's like, yeah, he's not blind. And I was like, all right, fine. Like, she was just immediately sucked out of it. See if you can get her to watch the Ben Affleck uh, Daredevil. The film? Yeah, the movie. And hold on, just... And after that, go back and watch the Netflix <laughs> Daredevil, and you're like, "Oh my god, this is so great!" Uh, I mean, I can. It's worth a try. She's yeah. just so like. We watched the first episode, and she was like, "Yeah." She hates fake blind people. Uh, maybe real blind people too. I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> I I couldn't tell you, uh, but well, she she she's a photographer. She works with pictures. She works with her sight. And yeah, so unsighted people scare her. Maybe, maybe the, the thought of being blind is petrifying to her. It keeps me up at night. You know, um, you know, I don't really worry about it too, too much because, like, you know, I, if I take my glasses off, it's pretty close. <laughs> yeah. um, but like, no, it's just kind of like that. And I hate to say it, but that was the thing for her. We watched it, and she's like, "Yeah, I'm out." Well, I mean, she can watch Jessica Jones. I mean, you know, uh, but that isn't all that stuff connected. It, 
we actually watched Jessica yeah. Jones first. Okay. Anyway. When we, yeah, and then it was like, oh, wait, there's more in this. You know? And there is a little bit of – like there's this one character that shows up in both. Okay. And it's like they kind of – it wasn't important that you knew who she was on Jessica Jones, but it would have added to it more because she's like, oh, yeah, I deal with you guys before. It's because she's dealt with it over mm-hmm. on – on Daredevil. Okay. Well, she's going to be a big part in Luke Cage because they're married, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, Jessica Jones? Well, they're, I or think they're the married character. in the comics. Yeah, they're ma- I know they're married in the comics. Yeah, him and Jewel. And, like, does Luke Cage play any part in Daredevil? Because in the comics no. for a while, he's, like, uh, Matt Murdock's, like, bodyguard or something. No, he's all over Jessica Jones. Okay. All right. Yeah. Interesting. But, uh, Interesting. Um, yeah, it's definitely not something the kids, I mean, obviously the violence in Daredevil is enough to make the, you know, send the kids uh-huh. upstairs. Yeah. But the, uh, it gets a lot more sex in, uh, Jessica Jones. A lot more sex. Yeah, there's, the one- there's some broken beds when, uh, Jessica Jones and Luke Cage go at it. There's one, the one saving grace, I think, for Daredevil would be, um, Vincent D'Onofrio. Oh, he's great. He's unbelievable. He's so great. Stephanie and I were both really big CI fans. Okay. Stephanie, more than me, Stephanie loved CI. Like, she loved Vincent D'Onofrio. So I think that's the one thing I'm trying to get her. Like, well, Vincent D'Onofrio shows up. Vincent D'Onofrio shows up. So, And I want to see, too, because I love Vincent D'Onofrio. He's awesome. He's incredible in first season. I would definitely say give it a chance, because it does – I want to say it starts off like really slow and it gets I like was, once you hit the first fight scene, the yeah. first big fight Yeah, scene. that's, I guess that season, that's episode two where it's all one shot too, which yeah. is pretty dope. And they, they seem that that's going to be the thing though, is they do one of those a season, the, the badass quarter fight yeah. shot thing. And cause there's another one in second season that is just completely more badass. Because I love Daredevil. Like I'm not gonna like Daredevil's awesome. Like I haven't read I haven't read enough of like the the classic Frank Miller run to say like I love Daredevil that far back. But like yeah. the the Brian Michael Bendis Daredevil stuff that oh, came yeah. out because that's where like Jessica Jones comes from. That's where Luke Cage being his bodyguard comes from. That's where the idea that like him being Matt Murdock comes out. Like Daredevil is Matt Murdock. Like that happens in Bendis' stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved all that shit. Like it's just so amazing. Um, so when I heard they were doing a Daredevil, I kind of knew it was going to be around that. I was pretty stoked. Yeah. But I just, like I said, I just, Stephanie just like, yeah, yeah, fuck. Now, I guess on the Luke Cage stuff, there's going to be, what's his name? Iron Fist. Yeah, like Iron Fist is going to show up eventually, which is cool because, I mean, everybody loves fucking Power Man and Iron Fist. See, when I first heard the story... Sweet uh, Christmas. That's actually in... Yeah, that's, yeah. He uses... That, that does come up. No, I mean in the series. Yeah, he, I know. That's awesome. It has to. That's his tagline. That's what he said for everyone. He was, you know, the, the black exploitation guy wearing a tiara and the chain around his neck. That See, was I wasn't, it. Sweet I Christmas. I wasn't a Mar- uh, Marvel guy. I was DC growing up, so I didn't know a lot about this, but I'd always heard the story that uh, Nick Cage changed his name yes. 
because of From Nick yeah. Coppola to yeah. Nick Cage because that was his yeah. Luke Cage is like straight up seventies black exploitation. Like it's Marvel's attempt. Like Nick Cage. I mean, Nick Cage. uh, Luke Cage's story is he was uh, he was in prison, wrongfully accused, put in prison while he was there. Um, They ran medical experiments on him, and while he was in prison, uh, his skin became impenetrable. And then I guess he got out on like a technicality or something like somehow, I think, I don't know who was, how that happened, but then he went back to the streets and kind of got involved to try to get the dudes who put him in jail. And like, there was a one point where he was literally like wearing a fucking TR and a chain around his neck. Well, and, I remember the big yellow. Bright yellow t-shirt. Like that was yeah. his shit. And he was sweet Christmas. And like, he was straight up black exploitation. He got gangster. He didn't get gangster, but he got tough as shit, like more streetwise in that Brian Michael Bendis stuff. And if you read the later, later, like the new Avengers that Bendis was doing, he was at one point, the leader of the team of the Avengers. Okay. Like he was that like Bendis wrote him to the point where he was that badass, And like, it was him and Steve Rogers were like the two dudes, especially during like after Rogers died um, and Bucky came in, it was like Luke Cage's team. And it was really, really well done. So I'm excited about the Luke Cage show, but I just feel like I have to watch all the other shit first. You probably should just to get – well, at least Jessica Jones. Yeah. yeah. You could probably skip Daredevil. Because I want to watch Daredevil more than Jessica Jones, if that makes sense. I It does, but I think Jessica Jones – Sweet Christmas. He's a big part of the Jessica Jones yeah. series. Well, they're, they're married at one point. I mean, they're married. Not in the series. But yeah, but in the, in the comic yeah. continuity. Hmm, yes. I, I got you. Yes. Even that might have changed now, I'm not sure. Yeah. Retcons and yeah, I don't universals know. and blah, blah, blah. All right. Well, that's that, everybody. Happy um, birthday, Star Trek. It's happy birthday, Star Trek. We love you. Please, please, fan base, please give it a chance. Like, just yeah. don't, don't be so grumpy. Watch the first season, you know. Yeah, like, make up your mind after. Yeah, don't just get pissed off right when it starts. I worry about posted the picture of uh, DS9's original promo mm-hmm. and uh, the TNG original promo. TNG's original promo was just scenes from the Star Trek movies. <laughs> there, there was nothing, no new footage. Just here's all this shit from the first four movies. Hey, look, here's some whales. Here's a Klingon ship. Here's the some whales. Like, why would there be whales in that? Like, this doesn't make any sense. But, I mean, it's just, I mean, so I suggest people go look up uh, the original TNG promos uh, before it came on the air in uh, DS9. Yeah. DS9, their logo, bef- you know, when it was in the preview stage, mm-hmm. was nightmare fuel. It was like, what the... Did you guys not hire a graphic designer? It was Nightmare <laughs> Fuel. Comic Sans. It, 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 that, it was the perfect version of Comic Sans. That's awesome. It, it was now. rough. So, yeah, I, everybody go look at that shit. Try to remember what we thought about TNG. And don't be the, uh, well, I love TNG from the beginning. No, you didn't. If yeah. you did, you were born after it came on. <laughs> I think they're going to reboot it with, like, an all-female cast from SNL. And that would then- be great. That's probably yeah. why they're hiding it. I heard uh, uh, Kate McKinnon's going to be the captain. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, is the uh, irascible chief engineer. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's really good, yeah. There's lesbian sex on every episode. That would be, you right. know, that, that might get them. See, that's what they're <laughs> trying to pull them in with. But, yeah. 
you know, that could do it, Ben. Like, you might have just sold everybody. I, I, heard, I heard on Dork Trek there was lesbian sex. It's, you got to look for it, but it's the... Because well, the thing is, if, if we say it, it'll end up on all the other Star Trek podcasts. <laughs> so then they'll all find out eventually. Leslie Jones does the voice of the computer in this one, which was hey, kind of cool. That's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Look, there's and, uh, <laughs> and, and she's kind of like streetwise, and she's always talking about, you know, y'all quit lesing it up in here. The computer is streetwise? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a whole new take on Star Trek. Streetwise computer. How would that even happen? How does that even... Maybe what they did was they downloaded, like, you can get Snoop Dogg to be your Tom Tom voice or whatever. So, like... <laughs> You know, I was a big fan of the remake of the 21st century film. Uh, well, see, what it was is somebody Ghostbusters copy into the keyboard. Ah, okay, that makes sense. How motherfucking that hurt? Yeah, and it kind of shorted out some things. And <laughs> You done burnt me. Hilarity ensued. Yeah. yeah. All right. Good times. Good times. Good times, bad times. You know, I, we've had our share. Well, there you go, everybody. Um... That's the episode. We'll be back with season two of DS9. Hopefully you guys watch Stranger Things and you like it. If not, uh, we didn't totally ruin it for you because I haven't seen it, the fi- the finale, so don't get mad at me. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's really sad when they kill the sheriff. Ah! Oh, wait, no! Uh, I, I, the thing is, I have a... I have a feeling yeah. I have a feeling he would get it if he did because he kind of doesn't have that that reason to live because his daughter died and like yeah. his, his wife had a new baby. That was gut wrenching. Like when he was on the phone with her and like, and he, Oh man, that was hard. That, that was tough. Um, but yeah, so if he does die, I wouldn't be completely shocked because he's, he's kind of had that attitude the whole time. Like, fuck it. I don't give a shit. And I think if you like know his character with that attitude, cause you can just see it like the way he just kind of attacks everything, you know? Well, no, but what it was is he actually snaps the necks of each of the kids. <laughs> brains him with that uh, baseball bat with the spikes in it. it That'd be was, cool. It was ugly. Nancy's awesome. She yeah. is. Yeah. So, all right guys. Well, there you go. We will talk to you next week. Goodbye. I, I like how I wave at the camera that I, every, we all do it. I don't know. Cause we're stupid. Yep. All right. Bye, guys.